Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of On the Prowl. I'm Powell Cobb, Managing Editor of the Post Searchlight. And I'm Brandon O'Connor. We're, we're here ready for the final regular season football game. I can't believe this This season is absolutely It felt like just well yesterday, past. just last week, that Bamers was getting ready for Lee County. And, yeah. And it's, just, it's unbelievable how quickly these games have flown by. And it's it's been a season of, of a roller coaster. Type it it has. We came we came into the season with such great expectations. I think and, and the team did too. They they were coming off a semifinal last year. They brought so much of the team back, especially on offense. They mm-hmm. they really they only lost a couple guys on offense. There were great expectations for the season, and then they hit um, Lee County and their dominant defensive line. And that I, was a very good I, league I, count I think Brett too. McCaughlin is still lying on the ground from that <laughs> game. He's, he got hit so many times. And the offense just has never clicked since then. That's right. Uh, they're trying to get things on track, though. And things have been better in the region play, I would say, especially against veterans. And they did a pretty good job against Harris County last Friday. Let's talk about what the region standings are right now, Brandon. Where does everyone, everyone sit right now? The nice thing is, is there, there's five teams in the region, and you know which four teams are going to the playoffs. That's right. And Harris County knows that they, they have been eliminated. And going into this game against TCCs, their final final game for their seniors, they're going to put everything on the line. And that could be good for Bainbridge. Bainbridge is sitting at the point where they, they can end up anywhere from one, two, or three in the region. That's right. The big thing they know is if they win Friday night, they get to host the first round of the playoffs. That's right. That locks them into but, at least second place. But if they lose, it locks them into third. Unfortunately, yes, and nobody wants to travel for the first round of playoffs. We all want to host it, don't we? A- absolutely. And then after that, it gets a little bit confusing. If Bainbridge wins and TCC wins, the region standings will be TCC, Bainbridge, Warner Robins, and Veterans. If Bainbridge wins and Harris wins, Bainbridge will be the region champion. Warner Robins will be second. Veterans will be third. And TCC will somehow drop all the way to four. Unbelievable. If Bainbridge loses but TCC wins, it's TCC, Warner Robins, Bainbridge Veterans. And then if Bain, if Warner Robins wins and Harris wins against TCC, it'll be Warner Robins, TCC, Bainbridge Veterans. So it's it's very confusing. A lot of a lot of possibilities. What it boils down to is every team but veterans that has qualified can win the region. That's right. And either veterans or TCC can end up four. I think your most likely scenario is that veterans is four, mm-hmm. and after that, it, after anything, that, just, anything can happen. Really, it's just really confusing. It all it all depends if Bayward is somewhat in the situation where they control their own destiny to host or not host. That's right. But they don't control their own destiny to win the region. To win the region, there has never been back to back region championships in Bainbridge's history. This would be a really interesting uh, way of winning back to back region championships, especially if Harris County. Takes down TCC at the Jackets Nest in Thomasville. Yeah, it, it would be it definitely be a weird and unexpected way to get it after watching this team for most of the season. It, it would be. And the reason Bainbridge controls their own destiny is because they went out there last week and they they handled their business against Harris County. They did. They went out there. They beat the team thirteen to nothing. It's a good win for them, especially because they were without Brett McCaughlin. Mark Leffler was getting his first start at quarterback. And that that puts so much more weight on Damian. Yes, he's been carrying the team a lot over the last few weeks, but you have a guy making his first career start at quarterback mm-hmm. that puts even more pressure on this running game. And Damian went out there and did well. He scored a touchdown. He had 153 rushing yards on 26 carries. I'm sorry, 144 yards. He, he lost nine yards and and four rushes of 10 plus yards. They 
at this point, you know he's going to run the ball at you, and teams are so struggling to stop him. That's right. And Leffler, you got to give him credit for his first big start. He did perfectly fine, I would say. Eight for 17, 93 yards. One of those passes, a really big 70-yard pass to Aaron Spivey, who took it down the field and almost scored. But you got to give credit to the Bainbridge defense on this game. Kerensky Williams, linebackers, and the entire defensive line really squeezed the perimeters and kept Harris County's quarterback and running backs from really doing anything. And they didn't have much of a passing game either, and our cornerbacks had handled any kind of passes that were thrown. The defense is, whereas the offense is somewhat struggling to get into a rhythm this year, the defense has definitely found their place. And that's somewhat surprising to me because they've, they've definitely lost some guys. They lost Ryan Adams on the defensive line early in the season. They lost Debo. He, he's no longer with the team. Jordan Fleming, too. They lost Jordan Fleming, another defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So they've had a lot of a lot of injuries or attrition, especially if you look all the way back to last year, and they lost a lot of guys. That's right. I mean, somehow they're still the strength of this team, and I think a large part of that is the guy you mentioned, Kerensky Williams. Oh, Kerensky has done phenomenal this season. He has 50 solo tackles, leads the team, he recovered two fumbles against Harris County on Friday. One was in the end zone. Harris County was punting, and the bad snap went over the punter's head into the end zone. Kerensky Williams got back there and covered that for a touchdown. He is definitely the leader on this defense. He's a senior. He's playing the longest. And I think the other players look up to him, and he really sets the tone for this go-for-the-throat type yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. Snack. You can really see how much important how important he is to this team because in the last couple of weeks, they've moved and started playing him running back too. That's right. So it's kind of... Everything Damien is the the heart and soul of this offense. They I feel like they they don't score unless he has a big game, mm-hmm. which is a lot of pressure to put on him. But Kerensky is definitely one B there of most important guys on this team. He's the heart and soul of the defense, and he's starting to make a pretty big contribution on offense. As That's well. right. Some other big players on defense are Donovan McRae. So far this season, he has forty seven solo tackles, and Lerone Brodnack's also a really big senior, forty one solo tackles. Um, on the defensive line, Devin Morris is also really important. Roman Harrison is a big name that's been coming up a lot. He has a couple sacks this season. Has been doing good he job. Is. They, they started him off earlier in the season. He they just brought him in on third passing downs because he oh, kind of the rumors in the mill are that he's the second most athletic guy on the team behind Damian, and so they just kind of put him out there, pin your ears back, run at the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it seems like as the season has gone on, they've been putting him in there a little bit more, using him outside of third downs. And I think you're starting to see that that development out of Roman. That's right. So Bainbridge won against Harris County, thirteen nothing. It was a really pretty setting too, up there in a short uh, around Columbus, Lagrange, right there where the mountains start start to show up. You see those hills, and uh, it was a really pretty sunset and a really great place to play a football game. Absolutely. But now Bainbridge is looking ahead to Warner Robins this Friday. Warner Robins is sitting basically in the exact same position Bainbridge is, right? They gotta win this game. That's their mentality. They do. They they can actually win the region as well. If if TCC loses the game, whoever wins Friday night between Bainbridge and Warner Robins wins the region. That's right. So that, that's what it kind of boils down to. But Warner Robins is, is is in the same situation. If they beat Bainbridge, they don't have to travel either. That's right. That's right. So it's a big game for both of them. The demons are coming to town. On Friday night. They're kind of like the red-headed stepchild (laughs) of the the Warner Robins area. They're a good football team, but they get their butt kicked by Northside Warner Robins every time they play. That's a good football team (laughs) right there. Um, Warner Robins is fresh off a big 18-13 
13 win over veterans. Bainbridge beat veterans 31 to 6 earlier this season, took care of business there. The only mark in their region loss column is against those pesky Yellow Jackets, just like Bainbridge. Veterans is the most confusing team I've ever seen. Bainbridge went out there and steamrolled them. And then they played everybody else tough. Yeah, that's right. They beat a couple people. They've caused some problems for people. That's right. They pretty much, I think, set up this whole disaster of the region <laughs> was because veterans just couldn't decide who they wanted to beat and who they didn't want to beat. And now they're sitting here with uh, multiple teams in confusing situations. That's right. The big thing with Warner Robins is two weeks ago they switched their starting quarterback. They moved Michael Bradley, who was their leading, actually is still their leading wide receiver, Two quarterback, he replaced Hedden, who was doing okay. He had a 45% completion percentage, six touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Yeah, that interception column really kind of kind of set it might explain why Michael Bradley got moved. Yeah, so I don't know. We I don't have enough information to say if they just made a switch or if something if Hedden got injured, but he has not played the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And it seems like since they made that switch, they've moved a little bit more to an option offense. Or given some more freedom there. Hedden right. last week was 8 of 16 passing for 113 yards. But then he also ran the ball 13 times for 68 yards. So he, he's definitely a dual threat guy there. But it's hard because you take your leading receiver and you put him to quarterback. So you have a slightly less probably experienced quarterback throwing. But then he also loses his best target to throw to because it's himself. That's right. But at the same time, do you think any knowledge of being a wide receiver translates to quarterback, understanding how routes are run, the mentality of being a wide receiver? Does that have any effect on becoming a quarterback? I think it can definitely help them. But I, I think it also somewhat hurts the team. When you don't have your leading wide receiver. When you don't receiver, have your leading yeah. wide receiver because he's now playing quarterback. Right. But if you can kind of throw that extra ability to run the ball in there, Hedden wasn't much of a runner. He had on the season – 54 carries for 82 yards. So That's right. And Bradley can, can tote the rock. He has 41 carries for 198 yards and a couple touchdowns rushing. Absolutely. So he's, like you said, he's more, they're running more of the option type offense. Yeah, they, they're, they're definitely going to run more of that spread offense with the quarterback able to run. And then they have a two-headed running back monster. They have Burnett. He has 107 carries for 601 yards. And then you have Bradford Jackson, who has 87 carries for 572 yards. And it was Bradford Jackson that had the big game last week against um, veterans. He had 12 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown. So the the running game is what you're going to have to watch this week against Warner Robins. Indeed, both those running backs combined for about the same numbers that Damian by himself uh, is putting up. So that two-headed running back monster is going to be something that Bamish's defense is really going to have to close in on, and especially the quarterback, too. You have three really good runners they're going to have to really close in those perimeters, squeeze the quarterback, and put a lot of pressure in the backfield, or else uh, this Demons team can run all over Bain. Absolutely. It's something we talked about a little bit before the TCC game, which does run that triple option-style offense, and something they, they struggled with a little bit. TCC mm-hmm. was able to run the ball some, and it's eye control and discipline. That's right. It, a lot of this depends on the linebackers being able to spy on the quarterback and not let him get outside the pocket. And then... Bradway, you can see, he, he can throw it a little bit. That's right. He had 113 passing yards with a long of 49, and those are the type of plays you're going to have to look for. They're so worried about him running, they're going to leave a guy deep, and he's going to put it over your head for a long time. That's right. They, they might surprise Bambridge on a few dive plays and then put them on their heels with a long pass, and that could spell travel for the Bearcats pretty early. It could. I, I, I think it'll be an interesting game. Um, I think Bambridge can pull this one out against Warner Robins. 
just because they have such a good running back in Damien. Yes. But it, it's it's going to be a tough game with a lot riding on it. It's senior night. It should be a pretty festive atmosphere down at Centennial Field. It'd be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk about Mark Leffler and what he's going to have to do with his passing. We have a really important tight end who is out for the rest of the season, Will Kelly, with injury. Who else is going to step up and be able to be the guy that's going to catch these passes? From I think Mark? you saw a little bit last week, a guy that we heard a lot about during the offseason but hadn't done too much during the season was Aaron Spivey. Mm-hmm. It looks like he finally got it going a little bit last week with that big reception. And then Caleb Boutwell, he's a he's finally back, healthy. And then you have Clark Wiggins, the punter. I, I think another guy you're going to have to see step up some is Bo Dobson. He's your other tight end. But the key for Mark Leffler is to manage the game and not make mistakes. No you, interceptions, yes. When you have Damian Pierce and you have Kerensky and you have Donovan McRae, you can march the ball down the field with running, which you have seen them do some of the last few weeks, and then you intersperse some of that play-action pass in there to That's open right. up the offense. But the key when you're doing that is don't throw it to the guys in the other jersey. <laughs> Mark Blackmore right. had two interceptions last week, and his entire job out there, he doesn't need to hit the big passes. He doesn't need to have 300 or 500 passing yards like the guy from Houston County, Jake Fromm, had last week. His, his goal needs to be out there is to make successful handoffs to the running backs, and when they ask him to throw, either make sure it hits the ground or hits guys in his hand cover jersey. That's right. I have faith Leffler is going to do a fine job this Friday for senior night and uh, really put up some, some good numbers and help Bainbridge win this football game. The one thing that surprises me a little bit about Leffler is they had him throw the ball 17 times last week. That's right. I think that's the first time in a few weeks that they've actually hit double-digit passing. But you know what? He completed eight of them, and for a guy that's only started two games, I think he's on the right track, and I think yeah. he's going to be a good It, it just surprises me that they head into our, our final home football game, at least of the regular season, depending on how this week's go. Mm-hmm. We have one more Bearcat fan trivia question of the week for you, a chance to get that $5 gift card to the concession stands. Ooh. The first person to correctly answer on the Facebook page with the answer will win the gift card. All that we ask is you actually come pick it up. Please come pick them up. Please come pick it up. up here. This, the Bearcat band does an excellent job with getting you snacks, bull peanuts, Cokes, Powerades, everything you could possibly want at the football game. Five dollars goes a long ways. It at does. Those Bearcat you just gotta come grab the gift card if you get the correct answer. Please come get the gift card. So we went, we went deep diving into the archives a little bit for this one. Now discounting last season, what we know they did against Griffin, and then they made it to the state semifinals. So before last year, when was the last time that Bainbridge hosted the first round of the state playoffs? Who did they play, and what was the final score? That's right. Answer that question. The first person to answer correctly on our Facebook page wins that sweet, sweet $5 gift certificate to the Stacks now. And I'll be sitting up front. you just got to come grab it, and you can get yourself some really good food Friday night. Absolutely. You'll have a great week. We'll see you Friday.